Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And in this week's Screen Verdict podcast, we bring you a double header, two film reviews. Blam. We're finally going to settle the debate between yep. Sweden and the US of A. Yeah. These two countries have been warring with each other. For years. Yeah, many years. Mm. And it's finally culminated in the Screen Verdict review <sighs> of the two film versions of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yes. We saw the Swedish one together this morning. We did. We saw the US one separately. <laughs> Maintaining our, our success rate of about 50% yeah. <laughs> of seeing the films we reviewed together. I um, I got in a bit of trouble in the cinema. I Since I was on my own, I went and sat in one of the front rows, out of the way of everyone. Some guy comes and sits like right behind me. Now, during the movie, I'm text messaging people, right? I got my phone out. The guy comes out comes up to my aisle and says, excuse me, the light from that is pretty distracting. I'm putting that away. <laughs> what, do, what do you think? Was, was I in the right there? Was I in the wrong? Was that a cinema faux pas? I think that's a pretty small thing to complain about, the light from the phone. Like, if the yeah. phone was making noises... No, it was on silent. Or it was like, you had, like, the buttons every time you pushed it, it made a beep, 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 beep. Yeah. But the light... Yeah. I don't know why it was a pretty empty cinema. He wouldn't have sat somewhere not near someone. But anyway. You're ruining the mood, man. Yeah. They dimmed, they dimmed the lights for a reason. It was not even that interesting a part of the movie. It was like... <laughs> just like scenery shots, like, in between, like, plot exposition. Like, it was, it was just... <laughs> Uh, but I, 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 I then had to put the phone under my shirt and like <laughs> on my shirt because I had to get these text messages sent. I <laughs> don't all just have like all day where you just like watch movies. Yeah, maybe you should have explained yeah. to the guy how serious the text was. <laughs> yes, this is just any text. This is a text I have to send. Yeah, I was going out that night and I wanted to make sure I had a lift. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so many seats in a car. <laughs> Gotta get in early. But let's talk about the movies. That's uh, what we're here to do. Had you heard anything about this series before you'd seen it? The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is the first in a series of three books, I believe. Yes. Now, I haven't read the books. My dad has read the books, mm-hmm. and he likes them. Yeah. But he won't let mum read them. <laughs> <laughs> So based on that, my expectations were, they were probably quite good, because my dad has a, a reasonable taste in literature, yeah. but that there was probably a bit of uh, violence or uh, mature themes in them <laughs> in order to scare him away from passing them on to mum. Yeah. Now, last week we saw a film about a boy. Uh, this week we're seeing a film about a girl. Um, and I, this girl, to me, seems like, just from... Before I I knew anything about the series or knew anything about the plot, seems like she's a lot of trouble. Uh, and I, I I don't know. It seems like I would not want to go out with this girl. She seems a bit dangerous for me. She's getting <laughs> tattoos of dragons. She's uh, kicking hornets' nests. She's playing with fire. This sounds a little bit out of my comfort zone. I don't want to be hanging out with people that are doing these dangerous things. <laughs> Like, it's okay to have a dragon tattoo. Oh, no, I mean, I'm not judging anyone with a dragon tattoo. But it's more... That doesn't that seem is, too dangerous. Is getting a dragon tattoo a gateway to playing with fire and kicking hornet's <laughs> nests? Because <laughs> it seems like that's... Now it just starts with an innocent tattoo. Nothing wrong with that. 
and now she's like going around kicking hornets' nests and playing with fire. This is, uh, I want. I'd like to go out with a girl that's a bit adventurous. Maybe oh, let's try a new restaurant. Let's let's go on a hike and maybe bush bash a little bit or something. <laughs> <laughs> the girl who went on yeah. a hike. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's go find a waterfall somewhere and have a picnic, you know, like some spontaneous sort of adventures like that. I don't want to be with a girl that's like kicking hornets and playing with fire. I'm gonna... If only she'd read the title, she could have yeah. avoided a lot of trouble. Yeah, and this is my thing. She's getting into so much trouble in the titles alone. Just imagine how much trouble she's getting into in the actual chapters. But anyway, uh, they were my expectations. <laughs> What is the story of this film? Now I've actually seen them. Well, for those of you who haven't read any of the books or seen either of the two films, it's pretty hard not to have exposed yourself to uh, the series somehow. But if you don't know what it is, the story of the girl the dragon tattoo is roughly that we have a, a journalist who uh, worked for a magazine, and now he is on a case, if you will, uh, trying to find out what happened to a, a girl that went missing uh, a long time ago. Yeah, some rich guy has employed him to do this. And we have uh, a girl, V-girl, yeah. with the dragon tattoo, yeah. who has a sort of interesting past. She's you know, in government care, and she is very good with com- computers. She's a bit of a, a computer hacker, and she does research work. Yes. Uh, which could come in handy uh, for a journalist yes. researching a case. Yeah. And uh, these two characters... Uh, meet and their stories intertwine. <laughs> it seems to be revolving quite a lot around this mystery, the movie. But the girl with the dragon tattoo does not get involved in this till about halfway through the film. Within the film, we have the story of uh, the journalist and the mystery, and his part of the story is more about the mystery rather than mm-hmm. the character. Yeah. And then with the uh, the girl's side of the story. It's more about her as a character yeah. rather than the story. Yeah. And then her character is introduced to the, the story of the mystery. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we get the combination, I suppose, of the two more yeah. interesting aspects of mm. uh, each side of the film. Yes. I thought it was very interesting that the girl with the dragon tattoo was so absent for, like, the first half of this movie. And how irrelevant the dragon tattoo was. Yeah, that didn't have much relevance at all. I don't believe that was the original title. Well, I think the the title originally was intended to be, or perhaps still is, you know, in the original Swedish, uh, Men Who Hate Women, or The Man Who Hates Women. Oh. Perhaps more relevant to the film, but uh, maybe not as easy to market yeah. to the uh, wider Western audiences. Yeah. The girl with the dragon tattoo does get people's attention. Yeah, dragon. Yeah, people like dragons. Yeah, tattoo, bit rebellious. Game of Thrones, good series. Yes. Yeah, but she could not have a dragon tattoo. I don't think that would have changed the movie at all. It could have been of a bear or... Yeah, anything. No tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the general premise of the the story in both the books and the films. Yeah. Let's get down to the... uh, the smackdown, the battle between yeah. the, uh, the Swedish and the, uh, the US versions. Mm. Anyway, let's, let's start off by talking about the actors. There's the girl with the dragon tattoo, obviously. Yes, in the Swedish version, 
uh, played by the actress, and I'm sure I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, Numi Rapace. I'm sure that'll do. And in the US version, played by Rooney Mara. Yeah. I think in both the versions, she's the character that stood out, that really made the film. I think both of their performances were really strong. Uh, I, I think they played the role similarly. I didn't feel like they'd interpreted the the character uh, differently. So even though I haven't read the book, I imagine both of them, if they both got a similar interpretation, that'll be quite true to the, mm. the original character. Mm. In terms of which one did I prefer, I think I slightly preferred Rooney Mara's performance in the, the US version. She had a little more intensity to mm. her. I felt there's reference to her, her backstory, what happens before, for what goes on in the film, and I felt that came through a little more in her performance. She was very engaging and uh, in intense uh, actress, and I think uh, definitely deserved her uh, Oscar nomination, which she just received last week for, for the role. Yeah, which uh, Dragon Tattoo did not do as well with the Oscar nominations as they were probably hoping for. Didn't get Best Picture, didn't get Best Director. Uh, so Rooney Mara was really the big the big thing that that film had to you know their big their big win with the Oscar nominations. Uh, I'd agree that I think Rooney Mara was better in this. I don't think Eva gave a bad performance. These are also two very heavily pierced uh, women, but pierced a little differently. You've got um, Numi um, has uh, perhaps maybe more piercings, but most of them are on one of her ears, whereas Rooney Mara may have a few less piercings, but she spreads hers out more. (laughs) She's got one on the lip, maybe one or two on the nose, and I'll show you how many, some on the ears, and she's got a nipple piercing as well. So um, I guess it's sort of quantity versus dispersion. That's not a word. It's not a word. Dispersion. Yeah, dispersion. So yeah, so we've got, um, so interesting, I think maybe the piercing looked a bit better on Rooney Mara. It's better to spread it out than... uh, But no, I think Rooney Mara's face also had a bit more... um, yeah, it, she didn't have heaps of expression. Neither of the girls did, but there's something that I found easier to to empathise with Rooney Mara. There's something about her face that drew me in. I felt like she offered a little bit more back and forth yes. between uh, yep. herself and Daniel Craig in the in the Swedish film. There was interactions, but you didn't see, but you didn't see as much reaction from the characters. I felt there was a little bit more. At play in the US versions okay. with how the mm-hmm. how they uh, mm-hmm. reacted with the the exchanges between the two. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's move along to uh, the male lead in this, and you know, in some ways, he's equally prominent to the girl with the dragon tattoo, if not more so uh, in the movie. You know, part of me thinks maybe they should call the movie "The Man Without the Dragon Tattoo" because <laughs> <laughs> he seems to be the main character in a lot of ways. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, what, what, how would you compare these guys? Well, we discussed in our, our Wilfred podcast that when America does a remake of an existing show or <laughs> film, they upgrade to a, a more attractive cast. Yeah. Clearly this is the case here with Daniel Craig yeah. um, taking the role of uh, Mikhail. If I were to judge the performance on that alone, uh, clearly uh, I have a preference for the US version. Though I think um, I should perhaps also review the performance. Good idea. 
In terms of this character, I think they were played a little differently. Yeah. Daniel Craig's character seemed to be a little bit cooler. He had a little bit more self-confidence. Hmm, a bit James Bondian. <laughs> Perhaps just because he looks like Daniel Craig. They couldn't yeah. have Daniel Craig playing someone with too low a confidence because yeah. no one would believe it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure which is more uh, more true to the original character. Yeah. But I think both of them worked within the, the context of the film. I think they both of them made... Uh, that interpretation of the character fit into into the story. So in terms of the, the male lead, I didn't have a, a strong preference bef- between them. I think they were both strong, they were both good, uh, a little bit different, but I didn't swing strongly one way or the other. Interesting. I have a preference here, and I think it's Daniel Craig. I think he was a lot more engaging than the other guy. The other guy seemed like he was asleep through a lot of the film. Like, Daniel Craig, there was something about Daniel Craig that I found a lot easier to grab onto. Actually, something Don't strange the about right the... <laughs> something strange about the the Swedish performance was he seemed very dry and funny when talking to the press yeah. and not so for the rest of the film. I was like, where's the, where's the humour yeah. gone for the rest of the film? He had a lot of incredibly poor lines, this character in the Swedish film. Stuff that made him seem a bit sillier than Daniel Craig. There were times during the film that we both had a bit of a laugh at some of the things that he said. I'm not sure to what extent that that was in the script of the Swedish version and how much of that was in the translation for the subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. We know we can't trust the subtitles completely because uh, there is one scene where someone (laughs) says something in English. Yeah. (laughs) And it was translated entirely different for the English subtitles. Well, it was a str- it was in Australia that scene, and he was like, "You right?" And it was, "Is everything all right?" <laughs> but that, that's not English. That's them, Australian. Them crazy Aussie slang expressions. Yeah. You right? No yeah. one will understand. Yeah. <laughs> Is everything okay? <laughs> yeah. And then I saw at the end who had done the subtitles, and it was some New Zealand company. I'm like. <laughs> they they think people aren't going to understand this? Anyway. Uh, yeah, so maybe it was a bit in the subtitles. I still think some of the questions he was asking was a bit silly. Yeah. So do you think that was the script or the performance or a bit of both? Uh, I think probably the script, but I felt like he didn't deliver the lines engagingly enough. To, like he didn't save the bad lines. This detective, uh, well, he's a journalist, isn't he? He's, he's a bit of a detective in this film, though. It seems like the only trick up his sleeve is looking at photos. <laughs> so he's like, that's the only thing this guy can do. Like, that's his only way of, of uh, finding anything out, is just looking at photos and finding someone else who has photos and getting their <laughs> photos. And, like, uh, yeah, I thought... I was like, oh, man, like, come on. Like, I'm not a detective, and I know there's other things you can do. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was really good when, uh, like, the girl with the Dragon Tattoo came along, because she could add hacking into people's computers as a skill set. But I'm not even sure how much that was used to actually solve the murder. Like, and at one point, she had to get someone else to do yes. the hacking for them. Yes, because <laughs> it seems like uh, we're seeing a lot of movies where people have one skill set. Like, Ryan Gosling, all he can do is drive. <laughs> Hugo, all he can do is clocks and gears. Daniel Craig, all he can do is look at photos. 
and girl Dragonetsu, all she can do is to hack into other people's computers. And just, it seems like everything that they need in life, they can accomplish through these one skill. I want to see a film with detective work, and half the film is the detectives passing the buck on detective work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's not even them that do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So those are the two main main characters, the actors in the films. That would be annoying if we were in the cinema. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the story, how that differs uh, between the two films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are quite a few little differences. Mm-hmm. I noticed things... For example, in the Swedish version, uh, the journalist has a bit of a personal connection to the case. Yeah. Whereas in the American one, that's that's not an issue. They don't try and tie him to no. to the mystery at all. Mm. Yeah. In some ways, I like that that he wasn't. It seemed a little bit forced to try and mm. make this connection. You're hiring this guy from out of town. He didn't really need to have any more motivations. I think. Yeah. To to research yes. the case, I think it worked without that. Mm. Well, there is one character uh, who is someone they speak to and engage with in the American one who isn't alive in the Swedish one. Yeah, that's a bit of a change, bringing bringing one character back from the dead. Yeah, I'm not sure which one the book, like, I don't know what the book had. I kind of feel like the Swedish one is probably more likely to have been closer to the book. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to assume that the Swedish one was closer to the book, but not necessarily better because of yeah. it. I'm just yeah. going to review yeah. it. Yeah. We haven't read the book. But the book could suck. The book could suck for all we know. Like... <laughs> <laughs> something that's not just a specific plot point that was different, but something that I felt was different between the two films was that in the Swedish version, people would just say what was going on. The, the old man was like, I'm inviting you here to do this. But in the American one, it's like, I'm bringing you here to do this, but under the pretext of this. Yes. There seemed to be a lot more mystery in the American one. Yeah. There'd be mention of something, so it would pique your interest, but they wouldn't actually tell you the backstory. Yeah. It would often, it would unfold later in the film. In the Swedish one, it's like, here's the backstory, here's what I'm doing, here's this guy, this is what he knows. Yeah. It seemed a lot more straightforward in the Swedish one. Mm. And, and the detective was always going to the guy who hired him, giving him updates on the case and letting him know and everything and everyone in the family seemed to know, whereas in the, in the American one, it seemed like he had very little interaction with the guy who hired him throughout the investigation. It was only at the end that he went up to that guy. I feel like this worked a lot better in the American one. Mm. It seemed a little bit more believable and helped build up my suspense while watching the film. Yes. Now, there's obviously a big water cooler scene in this movie. A lot of people are talking about it. I'm just trying to think when the last time I was near a water cooler. (laughs) Who has water cooler? Is that a thing anymore? (laughs) Don't people just buy bottled water these days? You ever talk about things around the water cooler? <laughs> oh man, you see Mad Men last night? Oh, what a good episode. I don't know, it sounds fun. I yeah. wish I had a water cooler or friends one. to yeah. talk to. <laughs> oh, well, we'll get one. We'll get one. The Screen Verdict water cooler. We're in the Screen Verdict staff room. We can go and uh, chat about what we've been watching. 
with our various employees. Yeah. <laughs> when we're working at Screen Bird, we don't get enough chance to talk about TV and film. <laughs> we need it's in the water. odd break yeah. by the water cooler. Yeah, we, that would have been a good name for this podcast, by the water cooler. <laughs> anyway. The scene you're referring to, it's a bit rapey. It's a rape scene. It is literally a rape scene. Yes. This is why mum wasn't allowed to read the book. <laughs> yeah, and why she might not be allowed to see the movie. Yes. There's a rape scene in there. I think we can say there's a rape scene. I think we need to let the listeners know that there's a rape scene in this movie. Yeah, regardless of our rating, I think if we were going to recommend it, we do need to provide yes. a bit of a warning, because yes. it is quite full on. Yeah, this there is a rape scene in this movie, it, it, these movies, and it is quite intense. If you do not like sexualized violence in film, I would avoid this one. Don't know if anyone likes it. (laughs) (laughs) Will you be able to tolerate it, I suppose? Okay, yes. (laughs) Um, If you like it, um, please turn yourself in to the nearest uh, local local police station. You need help. (laughs) So, um, I think in both films is pretty uncomfortable. I was pretty uncomfortable both times watching this. Yeah. And then there is another rapish scene, which is also fairly uncomfortable. I think people have been asking me which one is worse. Which one is the most... Because I think a lot of people would think, okay, those Europeans, they're crazy. They'll put anything on (laughs) cinema. They'll have nudity. Like, you just need to watch uh, the SBS late at night to see what Europeans are prepared to put on mainstream films. So, and then uh, uh, the US one, they're going to Hollywood it up. They're going to they're gonna t- tone it down. What was your impression on which one did a more graphic depiction? I think it's possible that you could think whichever one you saw first was the most graphic because you're not expecting it. And then if you were to watch the other one, you know the scene is coming. Mm. And I'd heard a few people say the, the the Swedish one was worse. Now, of course, I might look silly having said that when I watched the American one first, but clearly the American one is much, much worse. <laughs> and it was the other people that were influenced by seeing something first <laughs> yeah. and were not being objective. I'm being objective. I found the American one... I think it's probably the most disturbing thing I've seen in a film. I've seen more, I suppose, violent and psychologically weird things and maybe horrors, but there's something surreal about those films where it had a bit less of an impact. Mm. I feel like in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, it was very real, it was very gritty within the context of a, of a gripping story, and I found it incredibly affecting and shocking and disturbing. I think they were both quite disturbing, but yeah. I think the American one was particularly disturbing for me. I completely agree. Hands down. Your friends are insane. Like, there's no <laughs> way that the Swedish one is more more graphic like, or more disturbing. Like, most of that scene is on the person's face while they're screaming. Like, this one, the US one, you see a lot more. It's a lot rougher. Uh, you afterwards see all the bruising and stuff. Uh, on them from it like it's just so much more you you see more nudity in the u.s one you see more of the physical violence against against her yeah it's 
I could not see anyone would say the Switch. I'd say the Switch one is half as graphic as the American one. So there you go. We think yeah. we should. You should be wary of yeah. either of them, but particularly the American version. I felt a little sick. Now, granted, I wasn't feeling great yesterday anyway, but uh, yeah. There you go. I yeah. Something that Let's... relates to this, I think, that was quite different between the films. There's a character in the American version. The first time you're introduced to him, there's something a bit off about this guy. You go, this guy is not quite right. He's a bit creepy, and then he he turns out to be a pretty bad guy. Yeah. In the Swedish version, he's just a bad guy from the first time you meet him. It's quite clear mm. uh, what he's like. And I think it was just another example of how the American version created an amount of suspense. Mm. There was a build-up, and I guess they're for more of a payoff uh, yeah. in the in the climactic scenes mm. than, in, in, than in the Swedish version. Yeah, I'd agree. Also in regards to violence, some of the, or just the, I guess, some of the action in the film, I think the American version was a lot more realistic. And I think part of that is budget Mm. uh, for sequences or maybe prosthetics uh, and makeup for the injuries, etc. But also just how they were choreographed. There was Mm. a scene in the Swedish one where someone's waving a broken bottle and it it seemed a bit silly to Mm. me. It seemed a bit slapstick. It didn't have the the gritty feel yeah. that the the series is supposed to have. Yeah. Well, the American one isn't directed just by any old guy trying to, like, cash in on a popular franchise. It's David Fincher, a pretty uh, pretty famous, pretty respected director to, to be tackling this uh, project. Um, obviously, Social Network last year was a pretty critically acclaimed. Everyone loved the Social Network. Uh, my thoughts on David Fincher is, I think he, I loved the Social Network. I thought that was arguably the best film last year. It was incredible. Um, just just masterpiece. A lot of people go on about the Fight Club that he did. It's an okay movie for sure, Fight Club. I like it. I'm sick of people saying how much they love it, though. I, it's, it's I don't think this great. is the first podcast yeah, you've it's brought not, up being disappointed not. in Fight Club. It's, 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 it's a film that has some interesting themes and elements and then they put such a large twist at the end of Fight Club that that overshadows the messages the film was trying to say before that. And people who like the film, uh, not everyone who likes the film, but a lot of people just like the film because that twist surprised them and they feel like it's a clever movie because it's got a big twist at the end of it. <laughs> That's my thoughts on Fight Club. <laughs> I think it's a good movie. I think there's some great themes and commentary on violence. Um, I think the twist is a little cheap and stops it from being a great movie in my mind. But anyway. Well, I've seen quite a few David Fincher films. I liked Fight Club. I really liked Seven. He did a few films that I didn't like as much. Seven the, was cool. The worst being uh, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Oh, my. Oh, yeah, he did that, didn't he? That was terrible. <laughs> and that's a film that the more I thought about that movie, the less I liked it. <laughs> it's just over long. And that was in the cinema. Because you had time just to start thinking. Yeah. It was that film. long. Yeah. Then we also have Zodiac, which I quite liked, and The Social Network, which I thought was really good. So I was interested to see if uh, uh, where he would go uh, with the girl with the dragon tattoo. Also bringing back uh, Trent Reznor to do the soundtrack. 
He did The Social Network, which a lot of yeah. people were a big fan of. Mm. Uh, yeah, won the Oscar for The Social Network. Mm. So what did you think of Finch's direction of this film? I think especially his stuff on the island was really well sort of done. Like, it sort of had this very eerie, mysterious sort of feel to it. Uh, like, the, the just stuff like the little cabins on the hills and Daniel Craig walking around and, like... Just had that great sort of eerie murder mystery sort of feel, and I really liked that, and he captured that well. Um, I think he did a good job of capturing um, the the girl with the dragon tattoo story as well. Um, I feel like it suffered from a case of the Benjamin Buttons. It was too long and drawn out. Well, it's a pretty long book. I haven't read the book, but it looks pretty thick to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reckon you could kill a reasonable-sized animal with that book. Okay. And it's pretty hard to condense a book into a film. So to get a thick book into two and a half hours, which both of the films are, yeah. the Swedish version is, I think, three, five minutes shorter. They're both about yeah. two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much we can blame Fincher for that. Unless you think both of them should have been shorter, you, the essentials of the story was less than two and a half hours. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I would definitely say that. <laughs> definitely say that the essentials were were less than two and a half hours. Okay, that's fair enough. In terms of the direction, I thought the the Swedish film was okay. A lot of it looked a little bit televisual. Yeah. Whereas with the US version, it did have that feel of, you know, this is a special director. This is someone who knows what he's doing and is really crafting an engaging cinematic experience Mm -hmm. for the viewers. And as you said, I think it was particularly came out when showing the scenery of this Mm. isolated location of the mystery i thought some of yeah. the i thought some of the the shots of the the surroundings the ice it looks yeah incredibly beautiful and i think maybe part of that was due to maybe some of the equipment that they could afford for yeah. crane shots and so mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. but i think it came through the rest of the film as well uh yeah fincher definitely has a a, a visual flair in his films and i think it was strongly aid, aided by, by the soundtrack yeah i think this was a soundtrack that really really stood out mm. And I think a lot of times the music can just be uh, a little extra to add to the tone. I think in the US version, the music really helped to define it and and crafted a really unique sense of sort of mystery and and thrill for for the audience. I I really enjoyed it. We'll be disappointed, uh, Jonathan, to learn that God Dragon Tattoo did not get nominated for Best Score at the Oscars. Yeah, no, apparently it lost to Tintin and War Horse or... Some other ridiculous decision by the uh, by the academy, so <laughs> a bit disappointing. But no, uh, definitely definitely a great great score in the uh, the girl mm. with the dragon tattoo. Mm. I guess uh, we're not going to spoil anything, but might want to touch us on the ending of the two films. Well, as we were going along, there were lots of yeah, there were lots of little differences all the way throughout the films uh, in, in in the plot between the two. I think I preferred the direction which the US version took in almost all the cases of the differences. However, when it came to the ending, I think the Swedish version wrapped it up a little more succinctly. I felt the ending in the American version was a little bit epilogue-ish. It didn't seem to flow on. The the, the pacing seemed to take a bit of a, a, a diversion in the last 20 minutes, and it seemed excessive, and then raised a little something at the end that was unresolved. Yeah. The Swedish version, 
you kind of came to a climax, and then there was quite a neat wrap up yeah. of the mm. of the events. So while I preferred most of the choices that the American one made, I think the the Swedish one was a little neater in its take on the conclusion. Yeah, like in some ways, I prefer that the American one uh, didn't like wrap things up as neatly. But I like that the Swedish version didn't drag things on as much at the end either. I think the the American one could have still left it a bit less neat, but not taken as long to get there. Something that I was confused about with the Swedish version is that it seemed to whiz through a lot of parts of the film with a montage. Yeah. And I suppose there was a little bit of a, a montage towards the end, which was why the, the ending went a bit quicker. Hmm. I was wondering how it still got to two and a half hours. Yeah. A lot of the plots where it seemed to just cut out time with these montages, I'm wondering what else it filled it with, because it didn't seem to add... There weren't extra scenes, like, yeah. oh, that was definitely cut from the American version. Yeah. But it, it was somehow the still length, the same length of time. Yes. Uh, unbelievable. It did seem to go quicker, but yeah. I think that's because when you're in yeah. the in the cinema, you just kind of have to sit still and try not to fart. Yeah. <laughs> but when I was watching the Swedish one at home, I could get up, walk around, get a slice of pizza. Yeah. But yeah, somehow they were they were both the, the same length of time. Drop a few slices of pizza. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I I. I tried to be a little too cool with the <laughs> the transfer of the pizza from the pizza box to a plate that was to go in the microwave. You sort of threw it up. Yeah, a little bit kind of like uh, tossing a pizza base yeah. <laughs> style into the air. Yeah. And like in a sitcom, uh, it went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> was only able to salvage one of the pieces. <laughs> yeah. Which I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to the verdict. Let's verdictize this. Uh, this is how it's going to work. We're each going to give each of these films a score out of 10. I will write it down on this sheet of paper, this sheet of non-line paper. Um, we will add up the two scores for a total out of 20 for each film. The film with the highest score out of 20 will be the, the winner. It will win the for their country. Verdict. Yeah. Preferred go with the drink. I feel Do like I, that took a long time to explain a rather simple I want to make sure our listeners understand. Should I explain? <laughs> no? You think they've got I it? think they're good, yeah. Okay, okay, good. Which one should we give scores to first? The Swedish one came first, so let's review the Swedish. Okay. Uh, I think I've said throughout this podcast that a lot of things I preferred about the American one, but I'd like to say maybe some of the things I liked about the Swedish one. And um, I liked that it was five minutes shorter than the American <laughs> one. That was very good. I liked uh, that the... I did li- appreciate that the rape scene wasn't as graphic. Not because I can't handle graphic stuff, but more because I feel like it focused more on her face and I could understand more about her character. I feel like in the American one, it was a little unnecessary. In some ways, the rape didn't really propelled the plot at all. It was more just to get insight into her character. Uh, it didn't have anything to do with the mystery or anything. So I I, I would say that the, that I preferred that with the Swedish one. Um, that being said, I did not really enjoy this movie. I found it quite boring, quite long. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. 
Give you a five, five out of ten. ten. Well, I quite enjoyed the the Swedish one overall. The base story, I think, is a good mystery. Mm-hmm. I think that's still uh, exciting to to watch. I enjoyed the performances of the characters, particularly uh, Numi Rapace. I think that some things could have been cut, and I think a lot of things lacked a sort of mystery or tension, which is what you want mm. in a mystery thriller. But I think some things were executed well. I think the way that the two main characters were brought together perhaps was a little better in the Swedish version because it provided a bit of a more of a motivation for one of the characters. Mm. And I liked how the, the ending was wrapped up a little more neatly. Mm-hmm. I think visually it was fine. I think it was I think it was shot well, but it didn't have a particular flair or anything mm. memorable in terms of the cinematography. And I think there were a few problems with the script where a lot of things could have been cut out and th- some things were phrased rather awkwardly, though admittedly that could be the translation for the subtitles, yep. so I won't deduct too much for that. Mm. So overall, I enjoyed watching the Swedish film. I think it was quite good. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. There we go. Wipe that up later. So... <laughs> We'll need to set the computer calculation going now, and in a few minutes it'll have the results for us. Yeah. Now the US version. Uh, this this was a film that um, I quite a few issues with. I didn't like the amount of time it took for the girl with the tattoo and Daniel Craig to meet up. I just feel like the beginning just dragged on way too long, too long to set up uh, the, the storyline. I, I thought I really liked the mystery. That was the thing I was most interested in watching this film, this sort of interesting island and, and things of mystery. And it, it was a good mystery, but I've seen equally good mysteries in episodes of CSI, and they get that uh, 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 and they get that all wrapped up in forty three minutes. <laughs> so I don't know why I was strung along so long. For a, for a mystery that was good, but not like, oh, man, that's the best murder mystery I've ever seen. Uh, so uh, it was a little frustrating. I definitely got bored with it. Like, here's a tip to filmmakers out there for my screen verdict scores. <laughs> the longer your movie is, the more you have to impress me. <laughs> you do a good 90-minute movie, I'm going to find less to be frustrated by. If you do an amazing three-hour or two-and-a-half-hour movie, that's fine. But, man, you 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 need to... Imp- the longer your movie is, the more you have to impress me. I believe uh, this is what we refer to as the return of Jafar principle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Sticks around for 66 minutes and... Uh, yeah. I'm going to be a lot... I'm going to be a lot less critical with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was talking to someone about this last night... And they said, do you think if you read the book beforehand, you would have enjoyed the movie more? And I said, I don't think so. Because either the book is so much better than the movie, so that I'm then disappointed by the movie, or the book is as boring as the movie, and then I just wasted my time reading a book that's boring. So, look, there's some stuff to admire in this film. I think Daniel Craig gives an incredible performance. I, I think he's I, he's, it might be in the standout of the film. Whoa. Yeah, I, I do against what you said earlier. I think um, I, I think Rooney Mara gives a really good performance. 
I, I think, you know, all the supporting players give good performances. I think there's some really great things about the direction and the feel, the tone of the film. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's better than the Swedish version. I'm going to give it a 5.5. <laughs> What did you think of this? It's so much better by half a mark. <laughs> it's the same story. My <laughs> issues with a lot of my issues with the US one are the same issues I had with the uh, the Swedish one. I just think the US executed it a bit better. Okay, for me in terms of the the US one, I guess it is quite similar. So I think a lot of the things that worked in the Swedish one worked in the American one. I think it kept a lot. I think it kept a lot of what was good in the first film. I think what it did do was improve on the visuals. I think the the direction, the cinematography was excellent. I think the score was better. I think the performances were improved. I think the leads were very good in the Swedish one, uh, even if I slightly preferred Rooney Mara. But I think definitely in the supporting roles, there was there was an increase uh, in quality in the American one. I think it did a good job of cutting things that needed to be cut and also moving things around in order to create more tension. I think it added, asked a lot more questions and provided a lot more mystery and therefore was more entertaining hmm. for me to watch. When I was watching it, I was actually thinking uh, some way into the film, this is probably contender for best not drive film of the year. Whoa. Before really losing its its pacing and direction in the last twenty minutes, okay, I felt a little bit let down by an otherwise really strong film. But I would say that I preferred it in almost every regard to the Swedish version, other than how the two characters were brought together and how it's wrapped up in the end. Yeah. So I'm going to give it an also improved score of eight out of ten. Okay, ten. Now let's let's punch into the system. See. <laughs> What's one? I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, uh, we, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cog-based. We have. Machine. Yeah, we. <laughs> your little Hugo's little, down little here, cranking. Yes, cranking along. We actually, I, I'm sure, have a lot of invested uh, listeners because um, uh, we've got we've got fans in Sweden and in the USA that listen to our podcast. So. I'm a fan of... Bit of a risky podcast to do that. Yeah, we could alienate could a fan be, base. Be losing... I feel like more Americans listen to the podcast. <laughs> we, would, we wouldn't just pander to them. We wouldn't just pander to them. These are both uh, countries that I am a huge fan of. And I love <laughs> Sweden and the USA. These are fantastic countries with fantastic people in them. And we, we would never pander to either one of them, uh, of those fantastic countries. Um, <laughs> if you're one of our Swedish or US listeners, let us know what you think. Um, get, tear us a new one. Okay, the scores are being tabulated. We've got the Swedish version of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo on a total of 12 out of 20, and the US version of the Dr- Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, a total of 13.5 out of 20, USA wins. USA has, has won. Crushed ya. Yeah. So that's um, either World War Three averted or may- maybe provoked. provoked. <laughs> <laughs> if it does come to that, uh, we recommend you side with the Americans yeah. for having made a better film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll probably win a war against Sweden, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest. I don't want to pick a side in this conflict yet. <laughs> I, so, I'm, I don't want to lose any listeners. I'm, I'm... So based on the film, Sweden has some pretty scary dudes. Yeah, I wouldn't be fighting a war against those guys. Yeah, and apparently, according to David Fincher, 
Most people in Sweden don't speak Swedish. They <laughs> speak English. <laughs> and, but all the text is again in Swedish, unless it's the Bible, which is in English. <laughs> Go figure. We've just got a little bit of housekeeping. We're still waiting on the housekeeping uh, theme song, if anyone wants to send that in. Um, what, what We've cracked a bit of a milestone in the past week, Jonathan. What has that milestone been? The Screen Verdict podcast now has over 2,000 plays and downloads. Mm. So that's pretty cool. It's very cool. Um, and that's not even including the downloads and plays we've had on Stitcher Radio, the app you can get for your Android. Yeah, we'd love for as many people to be uh, listening to us on on as many devices as possible. Yeah. It is a little annoying that it takes away from the total players of that. I don't think it takes away. I think like people listening to it on Stitcher would otherwise not be listening to it. So therefore, it's just dish- like it's not like taking away from the Podomatic listens. Yeah, it just means we have to go to two places to yeah. like add up that if you have the choice, yeah. don't listen go to, to Podomatic or iTunes if you've got the choice. But if but if it's the only way you yeah, can get it on whatever device you yeah, have, yeah, then then go to the Stitcher Radio. They've been good supporters of us. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, remember to like us on Facebook. Yeah, the Facebook page. That's where you can post comments. Yeah. We'll be we check that for uh, your guys' opinions or any questions, and that's where also we uh, put links to the podcast. And look yeah. forward to an Oscars podcast. Yeah, Oscars podcast next week. Coming very soon. Discuss all the nominations, all our picks, all our favourites. Yep. So if you're interested in that, yeah, make sure to check us out next week. If you're not, check it out anyway. So we'll see you then. Yeah.